1: Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. Today on the podcast, we're talking with USCfootball.com friend, Harvey Hyde, Coach Harvey Hyde. You can hear him all over the radio talking about USC football, of course. And he's been on the podcast from the beginning with us. And we welcome him on the show today to talk about some different USC football topics. We've got your questions to get to. We want to talk about some USC history that I uh, got to bump into this weekend. So I wanted to bring up with Coach. Harvey Hyde we do love to hear from you we have questions you can send them in at podcast at uscfootball.com or you can leave a voicemail 206-888-6755 or just go go to write our website parastylepodcast.com leave a voicemail right on the left side of the page a lot of different ways to get a hold of us and we do love to hear from you and coach Harvey Hyde you can follow him on twitter at coach Harvey Hyde joining the show what's up coach how you doing
0: Ryan, I'm doing great. And before we get started, uh, I want to wish everybody a happy 4th of July weekend. Uh, celebrate it with safety. Have a good time. Be with your family. Do a little barbecuing. Just have a great time. And I, I didn't know if I'd have time to say that at the end, Ryan, so I wanted to say that now.
1: Cool, yeah. For sure, everyone. Have a great 4th of July. We'll have a couple of podcasts for you this week, and then we'll kind of figure out the schedule for the uh, the holiday weekend. But we'll have some shows again the following week as well uh, after the holiday and, I wanted to let people know you can check out Southern California tickets. They've been our sponsor on the show for years and years now, and they've helped us out. sctickets.com is the website, or you can give them a call at one 800 888 7287 need tickets for anything here in Southern California or across the country. Go to sctickets.com and they will hook you up. And, uh, coach, uh, over the weekend, I got to speak at, uh, uh up in, uh, what was it called? It was for the, uh, uh, West Covina is the town I was in at the South Hills country club. And it was the, from the USC alumni association, the club of uh, San Gabriel Valley invited me to go up there. And uh, I felt a little like a fish out of water. I, there was like Sam Bam Cunningham and Pete Arbogast and Paul McDonald and me. So I don't know why they, but you know, I just kind of was given some a little bit of preview talking about the team and stuff like that. And it was a lot of fun. Those events are, are great. And they were the, the main, uh, topic coach was a city, a city divided and it's, uh, basically talking about usc and ucla there's a movie that paul mcdonald was one of the producers for um that they put together about the usc and ucla rivalry no one's ever really done that before and i guess they're going to start showing it um on prime ticket and stuff on on tv so it was really talking about the rivalry and and there's a uh united for a cure is a foundation that for cancer research that they've that's really what this uh, movie is promoting and stuff so they've kind of teamed up with USC and UCLA and they're talking about that. So we're going to get Paul McDonald on in a future episode and have him kind of talk about this. And uh, it was really neat. We got to see some clippets of the movie at, at the brunch and we all got to speak and stuff. But what I wanted to bring up coach was, um, Sam Bam Cunningham. So he was, a uh, you know, uh, USC fullback, tailback, uh, late sixties, early seventies and was part of that 1970 team. You know, uh, Bear Bryant invited him into his locker room and helped integrate. Uh, really football at Alabama and in the South in general. And, you know, he, it, it's funny. The, the purpose of this, uh, meeting coach was really to talk about the usc UCLA rivalry, which is big. But seeing Sam, whenever Sam's in a room, it's like everyone just keeps wanting to ask him questions about that 1970 game and what it meant to him. And he's such a gracious, uh, you know, speaker about it. And it was, it was a lot of fun. But I, I, we had never really talked about that before coach and I didn't know. What you thought of it, like the stories that you have heard, and, and what it kind of meant for you, uh, you know, back in the day when you know you're following football and seeing what's going on with football when, when that kind of stuff happened.
0: Well, I tell you, it was um, it's a well talked about subject, especially uh, after this past week. I think that uh, that is probably why it was a big topic today. But it's always been a big topic, and it's always been something that Sam Cunningham has been known for, along with that great team that went down and played at Alabama. I've uh, had Sam on several of my shows. I know Sam very well. He considers me family. I consider him family since I coached his uh, brother, Randall Cunningham, and we've been in many uh, family affairs together. And I've heard so many different versions, versions of exactly what did happen down there uh with the entire time they spent there. I don't know how detailed he got into the team arriving there and how the team was afraid to go there, and they didn't know what to think. And He talked to his father, and his father said, be very careful when you're down there and all of the above. And the actual ending of the game on, did he really go into the Alabama locker room or was the, interview and discussion with sam outside the locker room there's been so many different versions as far as what you hear what you read and what actually happened now i'm not the one to tell you what i think that really happened but it was a a great moment for usc football bear Bryant and john mckay were very close friends always have been friends and uh and Bear Bryant had asked coach McKay to bring his team down there. And if you were there today, I I'm sure Sam Cunningham said this and he brought his team down there to, to uh, help Bear Bryant, uh, demonstrate to the football fans in the state of Alabama and the South, what football was all about and what a football player actually looks like and plays like. And, uh, the rest is history, Ryan. Right? I mean, I, I don't know how detailed you want me to get into it, but you, you've heard many different versions too from people who are on that team with Sam and Sam himself and, uh, in personal conversations with Sam. So, uh, it's, it's a part of history. And, you know, I always thought and i have been told so many times and asked Sam, are they going to make a movie of this? John Papadakis has said it was going to happen. And, and it just hasn't happened. And uh, it's something I think that should be told. And uh, uh, the real story come out on how or what actually happened after the game and their trip down there and uh, all of the above. I'm sure that uh, he said and mentioned it a lot today.
1: Yeah, he did. There was someone there. I think there was, I, you know, I've heard the same thing, Coach. They're talking about making a movie, and I thought it was going to happen. It still hasn't happened yet. Um I'll have to add, I I forgot to ask Sam about that but that would be interesting to kind of get an update on on what's going on there but it was it, it was weird coach and I, not weird but it was it was it was really interesting to me how charged up that gets people and people still want to ask him about it and and like you said he he did kind of give shorter versions of it I mean we've we've heard him talk a number of times about it but one of the more interesting parts was one of the the attendees uh she you know decked out in USC gear she raised her hand and said she thanked Sam how much it meant to her. She was actually a student at the University of Alabama and at that game uh, with Sam Cunningham. So she was an Alabama student. She ended up coming to, out to USC and getting her master's degree. So she was kind of like a little uh, divided there. But she said how much it meant to the student body, how much it meant to you know all the fans that were down there, what he did. So he's still like, when he goes to Alabama, they were talking about the 2003 game uh, against Auburn. And how Sam Cunningham came down there with Pete Carroll and stuff and spoke to the team and, and how many people in the state of Alabama were just thanking him for everything that he did. So it was a really interesting, uh, uh a talk from him. He's, he's such a great guy. And, 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 I know you had a good relationship with him because of the, you know, cause of Randall and, uh, you know, now his, uh, I guess it would be, you know, Randall's son at, coming to USC too. So there's a lot of ties there with the Cunninghams and, and what, you know, with, when you were at UNLV in Vegas.
0: Right. Did he t- tell the story of when they were riding in the teen buses through town and the people were lined up on the street clapping, uh, as the team rolled through there and uh, all the different details? Did he talk about checking into the hotel? Did he, did he give you all those details today?
1: No, he didn't talk about that. He, he did mention that Bear Bryant, I mean, they had to have Bear, you know, Bear Bryant wanted them to come down there and they had to, you know, secure their safety, uh, because they knew if he said it, he was the most, you know, he was more powerful than any of the politicians or the governor or anything. So if Bear Bryant said these guys have to be protected, then they knew it was going to happen. That's that's kind of the extent of what he went into.
0: Right. He, and it, it's a great story. And I hope they do make a, a movie of it. And uh, some, you know, I've been to uh, uh, SC when he has spoke on this in Fellinger's class. Yeah. There's a class. You, have you spoke at that too? Yes. Right. Uh, Sam spoke at that class and specifically spoke on this topic and, uh, spoke an hour on it or more. And, and he really went into details on exactly what happened and the whole plan on leaving and the the kids. And, uh, you know, I don't want to get into what the kids were saying that were part of the team at that time. Uh, but it it was a, it was a scary uh, event for the players. And, uh, yet a re- very rewarding finish. And, and, uh, it, it, it should be a movie. It, it, and I hope it's done right, uh, the real way that it was done. Uh, and, and I'm sure it will be when they do it.
1: Yeah. I mean, we we'll definitely want to see it when that, something like that comes out. And uh, you mentioned, uh, Jeff Fellenser. So he's a professor at USC and he does, I think it's like a sports business class, but usually he has, uh, media members and all different kinds of celebrities come in and speak to his, Class, so a lot of different kind, you know, SC guys, SC legendary dudes will come in, and Sam was one of them. And I've been lucky enough to be on a couple of panels in his class too. He does a great, great job over there. I didn't realize you went in those too, Coach. That's cool.
0: Yeah, I was into it. I've been there a couple times, and it it is absolutely fantastic. It's one of the best classes. I think it was voted. Now, I, I don't want to say these things and then have it not be true, but I think it's voted one of the most popular classes. On campus, there's probably 200 people in the class, I'm guessing, or more. Many uh, athletes are in the class, too, and it's just a great class. You can learn so much from the different people. Al Michaels, I mean, all of these guys have spoken yeah. in this class. It is an absolute fantastic class. I mean, I, uh, you know, if I had time, I'd take it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's You know, and I would love listening to all of these different individuals talk.
1: Yeah, it's great stuff. All right. Well, I just wanted to kind of share that. I know, I know you had some Sam Cunningham thoughts. He's a very popular figure around USC still. A great, great guy. So it was great to run into him over the weekend. And I just wanted to kind of share that with people. Um, we had, uh, Jamil, I think that's how you pronounce his name. He wrote in and he said, my mother unfortunately passed away in February from colon cancer. And I'm super sorry to hear about that. Uh, but the only thing that helped me get through the night. Uh, was listening to your weekly podcast and reading articles on uscfootball.com. I've been a member of your website for a couple of years, and it really helped me take my mind off what was going on. I also would like to tell Dan, Gerard, and Harvey that I appreciate them as well. As well. Word, words really can't describe how much you guys have and continue to help take my mind off losing my mom. Keep up the good work, and Jamil. And thank you so much. That was like one of the nicest emails I think we ever got on the show, Coach.
0: I agree with you, and Jamil, let me tell you, I lost my dad from colon cancer, and uh, I know exactly how you feel, and, you know, maybe I should just say this now. If you're 50 years old and or or older and you've never had a colonoscopy, do it. If my dad would have done it, he would have lived a lot longer Uh, because if you catch something soon enough, you can defeat anything. So it's just a little word of advice. I'm coaching you up again, (laughs) and I'm I'm sure Jamil would do the same, and Ryan, I'm telling you the same. Don't just assume anything. Always do your own prognosis on your body. When it's telling you something, you know it's not right, or preventive medicine is the best medicine of all kinds. So um just throwing that out just to coach people up a little bit and uh, do it. I tell a lot of people and they listen. I tell a lot of people and they laugh at me. So <laughs> I'm just, you know what I mean, Ryan?
1: Yes, certainly, Coach, and appreciate that those words. Words of advice for our listeners out there. And then uh, the last topic I want to talk about, Chris wrote in about Sue Craven. So I'll read the question, and that's, that'll be our, our final topic for the show today. But he says, uh, the soft season media coverage has been very inclusive. Thanks very much. Well, thank you, Chris. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Um, we've been out to every of these, every one of these workouts on USCFootball.com. So we're trying to give you as most coverage as we possibly can. He said, since Sua Cravens is uh, a converted hybrid linebacker, should he, should he be putting on more weight? Um, uh, Miles Jack over at UCLA has a similar role, but weighs in at 235 pounds. Cravens listed at 215. So with Cravens overall better athletic ability with some added weight, wouldn't he be even more impactful for this USC defense? The podcast has been great. Keep up the great work. Go Trojan football from Chris.
0: Well, you know, um, you, you got your body tells you and you can perform. And if you're a player, you know where you perform the best and where you have your best endurance. And sometimes when you get too big, you feel sluggish. You lose your endurance and you lose your quickness. As a player, you know the weight you should be playing at. You don't necessarily have to be huge. Miles Jack and Super Craven are... Both superstar players, but they're built differently, and they're different type of players. One is more of a par- powerful type of player, explosive type of player, and one is a more technique, uh, smart player. Not that uh, uh, Charles isn't smart, but I'm talking about uh, as far as being in the right place at the right time and using his athletic ability to get it down, to knock down passes, intercept passes, do all of the above. So, no, yeah, I think he's gained a little weight. I think he got bigger in the spring, and I don't think he liked being as heavy as he was, and I think he lost some weight. Uh, yes, it's uh, the if you can get bigger and be just as good and feel just as good and play just as good, yeah. Certainly, it just makes sense. But uh, you can't, you can overdo anything. So you've got to be very careful to make sure you get yourself at the best playing weight you feel you should be playing at. And... Uh, Just play at that. Don't, don't listen to what you should be or what you, what the NFL scouts think he's too small or too bad. You just be what you, you're a great football player doing what you're doing. So don't listen to people. Just do exactly what your body tells you to do and what your coaches tell you to do and your strength coach tells you what to do. Eat the right food. Play at a high level of competition. Uh, Push yourself all the way at all the times. And you'll play it the right way. You don't have to be, you know, expecting to be 240 to go in the first round or any of that stuff. You're an All-American. You're a preseason All-American. So, you know, the best thing is just uh, be yourself and play it the way that best fits you.
1: And I think for him, Coach. I mean, yeah, he's he's going to be a little lighter. I think he feels he's a little bit quicker right now. We'll get to talk to him starting in July, so we can kind of get an update on on what he's been doing and how much he weighs and all that kind of stuff. So check back. Uh, We're allowed to talk to the players once July starts. We can't. To interview them in June. Um, but he's a guy that is, you know, you want him out there making plays wherever it is. He's, he's good near the line of scrimmage. He's good back in coverage. And it's funny. Uh, Sam Cunningham, one of the stories someone asked him today about, uh, when he was playing in high school, someone in the room played against him like in a CIF playoff game, like way back in 1968 or something like that. Uh, when, when Sam was in high school and they said that he could play every position on defense. So he was normally, uh, you know, a, a running back or he, you know, did whatever they needed to do on offense. But the, the coaches on defense were like, all right, they just took someone off the field and put him out there and said, go wherever you want and just roam and go get the ball. So he was kind of like one of those rover positions before it was, uh, but they said he could play any position on the defense. And, and I think Sua Cravens, I mean, obviously he's not as big as that, but he's a guy that can come in and roam around and, and just make plays. And if he feels more comfortable doing it, at 215 pounds, and I think, you know, I think you want to let him.
0: I agree with you. See, Miles is more, Jack is more of a middle uh, linebacker. In fact, I believe they're going to play him in the middle this year at UCLA. Uh, Suva Craven wouldn't be good in the middle. Uh, he's got to be back off the line of scrimmage or outside where he can use great, his great athletic ability. I've always said too, I think he'd be a great, strong safety, and that's what I think his position is going to be. But uh, he's a different type of athlete than Miles Jack, and they're both great athletes. I mean a boy wouldn't it be great to them both on your side of the line of scrimmage. but uh, yeah, you can't worry about all the size necessarily. you got to worry about the performance and the athlete and how they perform on the field and if they can accomplish what their, what, what their assignments are and and uh, they're, they they don't you know make mistakes size you can be very big and strong and so on but you can't remember all your assignments and get everything done you've got to be a combination of everything today to play play college football he's
1: been out there uh, you know this summer coach we've been you know been watching him um, just kind of roaming around making plays obviously there's no pads or anything on but he's just one of those guys that you know likely gone after his third year you would think that he's gonna to go but he just seems like the difference maker coach. He's just a guy that, you know, you could call the wrong play on defense. You can, you know, be in the wrong, de- whatever, but he somehow finds a way to make it happen. Um, you know, he's like the individual, you know, we see that with a Dory Jackson sometimes on special teams. He'll make an individual play. And I, I think you need that as a defense. You need teams that can go, you know, players that can go in and just make that individual play. If the scheme broke down or, or what you're just the wrong thing, it just wasn't working out. But there's a guy on the field and he's one of them that can go out there and make your bad decision as a coach look good because he makes this individual play.
0: You're exactly right. Your defense is better with him on the field. He's not a screamer. He's not a, a yeller. He leads by example. And, uh, he, you know, I don't really see him celebrating after a big hit or much. Uh, he just, uh, he's a winner and he finds uh, ways to make plays. And I think that's what you look for. You got to have playmakers and he's actually a playmaker and yeah, they just stick out when you have playmakers. Somehow when something happens, they're always involved in the play, whether it's a sack, an, intercept, an interception, a recovered fumble. Uh, it's always happens to be around one of those type of guys.
1: We, uh, we're going to do a series on uscfootball.com. We're just talking about kind of ranking the players, coach, like maybe get like the top 30 football players. And it's, you know, it's obviously subjective how you want to, to rank that. But I was just thinking about it. I mean, you could argue Suva Cravens is the best football player on the team. If you had to pick one and say, who's your best player, or maybe best couple, uh, who would you put up there?
0: Man, are you putting me on the spot?
1: Ah, uh, there you go. See, you know,
0: uh, we'll end well, the show on know, that note. Huh? We'll end the you show on that note. start with Cody Kessler. You know, you got to have Cody on your team. I mean, yeah, that's where it all starts on the offensive side of the football. And Suva Craven, of course, on the defensive side of the football. You've got to go with Juju Smith. I think he's a, uh, dynamic, exciting, uh, big, uh, player, uh, uh, offensive lineman. You've got, um, uh, oh, I'm like, trying to think the one guy you gotta go Max with Max Turick.
1: Max Turick, yeah.
0: Yeah, you gotta go with him on the defensive line. Uh, well, uh, there's one that I'd come back to that. I don't think there's one really, uh, uh yet that dynamic, uh, uh, on the defensive backside, oh, Adore Jackson, of course, you got to go with him. Uh, uh, I would think that would be my first selections, uh, uh, but there are a lot of great players out there. The talent out there is unbelievable uh, when you look at the Trojans' roster this year. it's just, There's depth everywhere, except the one area we've talked about, and we all know what it is, the defensive line, that has lack of depth, and they're going to have to uh, utilize their schemes and how they play defense this year. And I think that has a lot to do as far as I'm concerned on when people say, Coach, how are they going to do this year at USC? I get that everywhere I go. Yep. (laughs) Well, you know, let me just say it depends a lot what they're going to do on defense. Depends a lot on what they're going to do as far as they're going to hit and read. They're going to go after people. They're going to mix it up. They're going to get different looks. Because if they do that, they're going to be pretty good on defense. And they're going to be a pretty good football team. But if they play Vanilla and uh and the, what they've done in the past a lot you know i look at i look at the record of last year's team you know they were what 9 and 4 they could have very easily easily very easily been 11 and 2 or 12 or 1 when you think about it you know really the boston college loss the arizona state loss 38 34 the the utah loss and they just couldn't stop wilson and he ran the ball and the down there 24 21 I mean, really, hell, you're 11 and 2 or 12 and 1. So, you know, you just can't allow people to score on you. You gotta get after it so that your offense can put them away when they have the football. When you're scoring 52 points, 35 points, 34 points, 28 points, 56 points, 44 points, 38 points, 49 points, 45, you're supposed to be winning. Yeah. You, you know, you got to shut people down a little bit, and you got to keep the scores down. You can't give up 37. You can't give up 38. You can't give up 30. You can't give up 38 twice. You can't give up 42 against Nebraska. So I think what they need to really improve on the most is on the defensive side and what they're doing. Now, now of course, you know, I can't tell you what they're going to do this year, but i got to watch what they're doing as far as in practice defensively and what they're going to do in the first couple of games.
1: Yeah, and the, uh, the defensive line, I think, is certainly a concern, but we're getting to see the freshmen come in and there should be more of them, uh, there later today. Like, uh, most of the freshmen should be on campus now, uh, on Monday, but, um, seeing those freshman defensive linemen come in, uh, you know, Christian Rector, I think, is more of a project. Rasheem Green, you know, the, the highest ranked of all of them. He's coming off that knee surgery. So he's not really doing anything right now, but, you know, Noah Jefferson, big dude. Uh, Jacob Daniels, those guys, if they're able to get in the rotation and contribute as true freshmen, I mean, they're certainly big enough to, to cause some problems there in the middle, but I, they I think they're going to rely on them a little bit, coach, needing those freshmen to come in and step in. But the good thing is, you know, you bring in three linemen that are 300 pounds plus, plus a guy like Rasheem Green. So they got, they got some talent to, to, <laughs> excuse me, some talent they- to infuse into that defensive line.
0: No, they do, they do, and they, and I agree, we've discussed this before, and that's one thing good about the first couple of games, not that you don't worry about every football game you play, but let's be realistic, those games are games that you're going to be a 20-point, 20 25-point favorite in, or more, well, if you play up to your ability and you're able to get up on them, you've got to rotate these people in early with the first unit, not just with the second unit or third unit or reserves. You've got to get these guys to play against the other team's first unit so you can evaluate how they're playing, and they can evaluate how they're playing, and you can get them into the unit of playing with other people that are in the first unit. So these first two games are going to be really, really important. The way they play those football games and the way they play the players who they're going to play in these football games and they're timing offensively and establishing their running game and getting players on the field and deciding uh, what their schemes are going to be on defense. And don't be afraid to show some things on defense because you can coach off of that, and other teams have to prepare more as far as getting ready for you. So don't try to save things. Just get after it and play your football game. And when you have better players and you execute real well and you execute better than the other and your players are better, then, if you're not winning, you got to look at yourself as a coach and say, what am I doing wrong? So, you know, this is just part of it, and I, and I think this is what the whole approach of this year's game, if I I look at all the publications that are coming out, and I haven't read them all, but, you know, you see USC is at three, you see USC at six, you see USC in yeah, the top ten in every single one of them. Well, you know, you, that's a great indication of what the nation is thinking of USC. Look at the commits that are coming in now from the, verbal commits, of course, from the Southeastern Conference and all these areas a long ways away from Southern California where the word is spreading as far as now USC and what USC means and the term USC. And uh, if this continues and if USC can take advantage of the momentum of this because the momentum of coming off the sanctions and the momentum of all the optimism not only by the university and by the team, but by the recruits and everybody. It's going to be back to again, slowly being the domination that was there before, but it's not as easy to do as we've discussed before because the Pac 12 is a damn good conference.
1: It certainly is, coach. And we're going to talk more about the, the future opponents and getting ready for fall camp and all that stuff on future podcasts. So, uh, but thanks again, coach, for coming on and, Talk a little Sam Cunningham, Stuart Cravens, and just talk about the team in general. Really appreciate you uh, joining the show.
0: Ryan, again, I want to thank you, and I want to say happy uh, 4th of July to everybody out there. And uh, I want to, again, thank all of them for their participation. And have a great week, Ryan and everyone, and we'll talk to you next week.
1: Sounds good, Coach. Well, you've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast with Coach Harvey Hyde and myself, Ryan Abraham. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time. And here's a quick message from Southern California Tickets for you.